Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with... um, Sam Rodriguez, Ziggy, we call yes. him Ziggy, um, and we have a special um, we have a special guest. And now, interestingly, his name is Miguel Rodriguez. Hi, Miguel. Hi, how's it going? Uh, it's going great. Uh, is it going okay with you? Oh, today has been wonderful. It's raining, but it's still a beautiful day. Yes, because so. you know what? We're indoors, and that's kind of nice. Uh, so the donuts are not getting soggy here at the Catholic Cafe. Um, so we, we have Miguel Rodriguez. He's a Focus, focus missionary. I got that kind of blurred up there, but. Sam Rodriguez, Miguel Rodriguez. I mean, we've got all these Rodriguez. Or he's my blo- my brother from our blessed mother. Yes, exactly. You're not <laughs> Amen. You're, Amen. you're you're not related, uh, but um, but you are here, and so that's awesome. Yes, sir. We could be related at some point. Right. Yeah, if you go way back in the Rodriguez clan name, you can probably find out. To kings of ancient past. Yes, to kings. Yeah, that's it. Now I go all the way back to Adam and Eve, and I don't know if you have the same. Uh, lineage ancestry. I did the ancestry DNA. I don't think we do. So. You you guys were from the land of Nod. See, that was that was like another place. Okay, so you might be wondering, folks, why we have uh, a focused missionary here, and uh, and honestly, I'm wondering the same thing because uh, Miguel had uh, has an interesting story, and uh, and so maybe just to kind of preface all this stuff, I know there's a lot of people out there in the world that are making big decisions in their life, try to figure things out. I know some of our younger folks uh, are always challenged with the, you know, when you're real young, what am I going to be when I, when I grow up? As you start to get older, what am I being as I'm growing up? And then as you graduate from various uh, universities and whatnot, well, okay, here I am. Am I that thing or not? And there's lots of discernment that goes on. And so, Miguel, um, we're going to try to help some people through that by maybe talking about your particular story yes, a sir. little bit. So tell me, first of all, where are you from? I am from Austin, Texas. Beautiful Austin, Austin Texas. Beautiful Austin, Texas. Beautiful Austin, he, Texas. He, he volunteers. Um, so obviously the Austin Chamber of Commerce is going to be very happy that you are uh, mentioning them and how wonderful the city is. It is a beautiful city. Great bats there, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Bats? Yes, I've actually never seen the bats. Really? Yeah. So okay. Austin, born and raised, but so I would have go- I would have gone down the music path. Oh, sorry. Well, they literally have cruises where you can go a bat cruise where you can yeah. see like thousands of bats that gather under various bridges and yes. stuff like that. Yes. yes. And there are people like Sam Rodriguez that will go on those cruises, <laughs> but there are other people. There are other people who want to know like more pressing things. Like, so what, what, your upbringing? Yes, like, sir. What, 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 you, normal kid. Normal kid. I have an older sister and a younger sister. I'm the favorite middle child favorite yes <laughs> yes until my my niece was born then i was told i was not the favorite anymore but yeah well you know what it's, it's okay. a different story <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother day's program so uh now uh what about like growing up in terms of your faith life what was that like yes sir so i grew up actually going to the methodist church on sunday um, but i've been going to a private school my entire life so i was technically catholic while going to the methodist church on sunday my dad is methodist my mom is catholic uh so okay so mm. so sort of a mixed marriage as it were in terms of faith yes sir yes right? sir but typical typical family now, did you have the sacraments as a child you were baptized i did have the sacraments but i had no idea what i was doing because i was still going to the methodist church and i identified as a methodist right going to a catholic school it was it was a very funny situation but yeah typical family my dad led us in the faith you know we'd pray every night before we went to bed 
Um, and it wasn't until about high school that I said I need to get serious about my Catholic faith. Wow. Okay, so a lot of kids, like, they love being Catholic because they get, like, certain days off of school, you know, because of Catholic holidays. You get to go to a Catholic school. (laughs) But so so you really didn't know a whole lot about your faith or just any faith, a Methodist, or you were just, like, you just believed in God kind of a thing and went to church. Yes, exactly. And it actually, um, it was beautiful. And the reason why focus is so special to my heart is that my older sister was involved at Texas State University. Mm -hmm. And... I said, I want to be Catholic because the missionaries at Texas State look really good doing it. It oh, wasn't really? anything It wasn't anything that the Lord did. or I think Other than put them in front of you. Other than put the really cool missionaries who worked out a lot in, in front of me. They were just very zealous, very nice, had me there, allowed me to spend time with them. That was absolutely amazing. They were just, they were just men. And I said, I want to be like that, so... Now that is also, it's awesome. So the, did, did you then take like some kind of instruction? How old were you when that happened? How old are you when you're a freshman in high school? Okay, so you were yeah. just a kid. You're like just a kid. 14, 15, 14, 16, yes, somewhere in there. Um, and so you just, just you hadn't been. Had, now Methodists, they do have a confirmation thing. Mm-hmm. I think they do. I don't know if you if you went through that or not. I did not. I only did I did middle school retreats with the Methodist Church, right? Um, and then had an amazing time. Like encountered encountered the Lord. I was absolutely blessed uh, to know a lot of great people in the Methodist Church. Um, but when my sister went to college, we decided um, we were given the choice. And so going to a private Catholic school my entire life, the choice was pretty easy when I saw how cool the missionaries were yeah. and how amazing my sister's transformation was from her high school years to her college years uh, being transformed in focus um, and like working with the missionaries, especially at Texas State. So, so growing up, did you have any idea of like what you want to be when you grow up? I mean, what, what were you like, like a, a head for numbers, or were you like an athlete, or were you like, what, did you have dreams about being an astronaut? What were your thoughts as not necessarily as a little kid, but as you were starting to get a little older, getting into high school? What mm-hmm. is it you wanted to do? Yeah, as a little kid, I wanted to be the first pope to ever play in the NBA. Uh, <laughs> oh, that see, didn't, that didn't work out because I, I'm barely six. Hey, feet stay tall. tuned. All kinds of wacky things are going on. It could, <laughs> it could happen before you know it. Yeah, so uh, I've always been intrigued by finance. Uh, my father does, uh, he did a lot of personal finance, so meeting with people and uh, talking investments, uh, just working one-on-one with people, really helping people out. I loved watching my dad serve, uh, so I always said, you know, I could get into that um, and work in finance, uh, So, and that was just kind of the thing to do. I'm not very much a numbers guy. I was very much a basketball guy. Um, grew up watching the San Antonio Spurs every every night I could, so... All I wanted to do was play basketball, so I really put a lot of time, um, a lot of my identity into who I was as a basketball player, a lot of hard work, sweat um, being poured so I could play college basketball, uh, which was an opportunity on the table coming out of uh, high school my senior year. Wow, awesome. So now when you went into school, so it seemed natural for you to kind of go into uh, college kind of going, well, I kind of have a mission now. I think I'm going to study finance. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you have dreams that you might be like a pro something player or the only dream I had was that I was going to play college basketball. And beyond that, it was no other thought in my mind, you know, not even school. I wasn't very, I didn't really like school. I was very much just go and play basketball, just get to play basketball. School comes second. It's all about basketball. um, And we'll kind of figure out the rest later. So, so this is where it gets interesting because to me, it's like, well, now you're what's what college did you end up? I went to Benedictine College in Atchison, yeah. Kansas. So, 
uh, you know, the, obviously the Lord's at work, you know, because, you know, you just go to Benedictine College. You could have gone to some kind of state university somewhere, whatever, and had the mm-hmm. typical college experience, but you didn't have necessarily a typical college experience. No, sir. Now, were you Catholic at this point when you went to, started going to Benedictine? So you were a yes. freshman in high school when you did the conversion thing? I was a freshman in high school when I decided I'm going to solely pursue my Catholic faith. Went to a lot of conferences like Steubenville. Okay. Uh, just had beautiful encounters with the Lord, but... Um, I was telling Sam earlier, I, I was just trouble all throughout high school. I, I did things that looked good. You had um, some wild oats to uh, Yes, exactly. I had to, work, <laughs> so. I, had to work, I had to work those out. And even in college, it was the same way. It wasn't one conversion and then that's it. And I like, right. found Christ. It was constantly getting knocked on my butt um, because I'm I was, not allowed to say butt on the air. So oh. don't say that anymore. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. Um, but it was a lot of, it was a lot of times of you know, being very much humbled and then coming back to the faith. Um, but I was very much just at war with myself and who I was. So you don't need to apologize for that or think that that's like not the great way to, to, to become who you are, because really that's the best way. I mean, to me, that's, those are the, those are the solid folks that, that just have all these encounters and, and realize that life is that kind of a journey. It's not like this one time decision, this, this explosion that happens of mm-hmm. faith. And then your life is just blessed from that point forward. It's all of these things. And the Lord, you know, presented that to us in his own journey, you know, getting thrown out of this town, thrown out of that wedding or, or whatever is happening. It's just all these some seeming pitfalls and, and making those maneuvers, but then getting stronger and stronger and stronger as you go along. So that happened to you. Um, and then you find yourself in Benedictine College. Now, did college life change you in any way or continued you down that path? Well, college life really was, it was amazing. But again, it was the same thing. I was trying to be one person in the light and then I was being a different person in the dark. Yeah. And so. You're probably the, the only person to ever experienced that though. I, I would, I would say Miguel, so. Yeah. You're, you're <laughs> unique. Um, but I was trying to be two different people. I was trying to be a, a leader on campus. And then I was also trying to like live in the party scene and be, be a cool guy, be somebody that people can relate to. Um, and it really came to a head my junior year when. Uh, I sat in a class and um, at Benedictine, we have the monks, the Benedictine monks on campus and a monk was giving um, a talk during one of our classes about interior peace. Mm. And I sat there and said, I have no idea who I am. And I'm a junior. I had a midlife crisis when I was uh, 20, 20 years old, mid mid college crisis. I said, I have no idea who I am. So I went to, you're a lucky man though, to have that then though, because a lot of people don't have that. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't go on through life and they end up getting married and then they have their midlife crisis. So you had a pre-midlife crisis. Pre-midlife crisis, yes, sir. Uh, it was it was tough. I sat down for spiritual direction with this um, with this monk, and he said you, he told me exactly what I've been telling you all that. He said you're trying to be one person in the light, and it's casting a shadow and making you a different person in the dark. He's like, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. I'm just sitting there crying. He's like, you're a beloved son of God, and that's all you are. That's all you need to be. And so for, it's it's not like that was my moment because I was still trouble after that. Yeah. Um, but I was uh, blessed enough to study abroad um, with Dr. Swafford and Sarah Swafford. Um, and I just, we studied the life of St. John Paul II. Um, my friends challenged me in a way that I'd never been challenged before to pray the rosary every single day while we were in Florence and no matter what country we were traveling to. And then also, like again, studying the life of St. John Paul II, you're just, you're called to greatness. You have no choice but to be great. Um, when there's so many great people around you, like constantly pushing you up, no matter how bad you want to just ruin it, these people aren't going to let you ruin it. And so um, that was a huge blessing to kind of escape college life, even for a semester, um, step out of step out of who I was, um, really grow in virtue, grow in authentic friendship, and then be able to come back to Benedict in my senior year on fire, ready, uh, wanting to share this with other students. So did you did you have uh, encounters or relationships with like missionaries at that time? 
you know, in college? Mm, yes. Uh, my entire college career, I was back and forth with the missionaries. So I wasn't a typical like good student who wanted to talk with the missionaries. There was a semester where I would love the missionaries. I'd love to hang out with them. And then the next semester, I'd be like, leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you. I want to yeah. do my own thing. And I actually lived with the focus missionaries at their house um, sophomore year, spring, spring semester, uh, which was amazing. They would wake up in the morning at five screaming the St. Michael prayer. And that's how we started our day. We'd go to prayer. <laughs> awesome. I felt like I was a missionary. It was the best time. And then those missionaries ended up being sent to other places. And I was back with, um, I was back just with just my friends, not called, not being called higher. Um, and so it was, it was a tough experience because you go from, you know, people who are trained and who like just strive so much for the Lord. And then going back to, yeah, I'm just with college kids who are going through the same thing. I am not wow. at their, not at their own fault, but we're all going through the same thing. Well, so uh, we're, we're, we're at a point now where I'm listening and going like, well, your life is all pretty much straightened out. Everything's great. Uh, so we're not going to record the second segment. We're just no. going to end here on a hot... No, I'm just kidding. Because things are going to change a little bit for you uh, as you start to like plot the rest of your life. And so we're going to talk about that. But before we do that, we need to take a break. And before we do that, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website. Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love for you to email me. Uh, no, wait. Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. is not the website. That's, That's my email, email address. address. Yes. yes. And so, but the website is thecatholiccafe.com. Yes. And also uh, like us on Facebook and on Twitter and Instagram. Like and share our posts and comment on them. It makes a difference. All right. Wonderful. So we're talking to Miguel Rodriguez. He's a focus missionary uh, who went to Benedictine College. And we're talking about his life. And uh, we'd like you to hear more about it. Uh, and uh, see what happens next right after this. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Tradition tells us that the parents of Mary, the mother of God, were named Joachim and Anne. Not much is known of the details of their lives, but they have become the focus of great admiration and veneration. This is most assuredly due to the fact that their daughter Mary was the humble virgin chosen by God to bring Jesus into the world, and an example for all Christians. One story tells us that after they were married, Saints Joachim and Anne greatly desired to have a family. They tried, however, for many years to conceive. It was thought that Saint Anne was barren, things looked hopeless. They did not lose their faith, however. They prayed continually to God for the blessing of a child. One night, an angel appeared and said that God had indeed heard them, and they would receive the child for which they so fervently prayed. On that very night, in thankfulness, Saint Anne promised to dedicate her child to God. Not long after that, Mary was born. Many have wondered how the church can honor a saint's those whom we know little about. In the case of Saints Joachim and Anne, we need only look at their important role as the parents of Mary, the young girl who would freely offer herself in service to God and all mankind. Regardless of the details of their lives, we know that as parents in a good Jewish family, they would be responsible for Mary's upbringing. They were Mary's teachers, they fed her, nurtured her, encouraged her, and supported her even in the moment of accepting God's call to be the mother of God. It was their dedication to living a holy life that God used to serve as an example for Mary. In fact, what she learned from her parents, she most naturally would use in bringing up the child Jesus. 
and it was her parents' faith that laid the foundation for Mary's consolation and acceptance of God's will at the foot of her son's cross. Saints Joachim and Anne serve as an example for all married couples in bringing up their children to willingly accept the vocations to which they are called in service to God. As early as the 4th century, a church was built by St. Helena, mother of Constantine, on the site where the sainted couple lived in Jerusalem. Saints Joachim and Anne are often depicted in artwork holding Mary and teaching her to read from the sacred scriptures. Their feast day is celebrated by the Universal Church on July 26th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Ziggy Rodriguez and Miguel Rodriguez. And Miguel, uh, Focia, Focus, I want to keep saying Focus. I don't know why. <laughs> we're going to re- have to rename them. Uh, no, the Focus Missionary. And what does Focus stand for? The um, Fellowship of Catholic University Students. All right, so you're a member of that fellowship um, as a missionary. And so... People know, if we just sort of recap a little bit, that you had this sort of a kind of semi-normal upbringing, kind of a little mixed faith experience in life, and you kind of committed yourselves, uh, yourself uh, through high school into your Catholic faith, the Catholic side of your family, as it were, but just kind of committed yourself and experienced all kinds of great things that kind of fired you up a little bit, and then into Benedictine College, you know, and, 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 and taking a, a finance, finance track, probably had your life all laid out for you, you know, in terms of like, this is what I'll do, and... I'm sure. Did you have a job offer? Right. I, I did. I did. So I interned at Dell Technologies in Austin, and I was offered a position uh, coming right out of awesome. College. See, that's so good. And, and a parent would look at you and say, "Miguel, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud that you you have done everything. When we, you know, you got the college thing, and then now you're doing this. I love the fact that you love the Lord. That's beautiful. And then you're going to be successful because you're going to have a pretty good job here with Dell. And was it good? Did you mind us asking? Oh, it was very good. Do you mind us asking what your uh, offer was? Sixty-five thousand a year with uh, annual bonuses. So that's right right out of right out of college, you know. So that's I mean, any parent would be proud of that. Mm -hmm. And so then you you went to your family and said, "Hold on." (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what was going on in your heart as you were getting near graduation, or as you were trying to make a decision like, "What is my life going to be like?" Mm -hmm. Yes, so. As I went throughout my senior year and investing in um, my core group of guys that I just run with while I was studying abroad and then when I got back to Benedictine, um, there was a thought that, man, I have to give back what was given to me. Through all the investment of the focus missionaries, um, the men like Dr. Swafford, who, like while studying abroad, uh, really invested in me, poured a lot into me. Um, it was actually one day where when I got the job offer from Dell, they called me. And I remember picking up the phone and in my heart going, oh, I can't take this job. Mm. Uh-oh. I was like, what is this feeling? Now, did that voice sound like this booming voice, like from above? Do not take this job. <laughs> no, no. It, 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 or was it more like a meek and quiet, like, oh, they're going to get mad at me? It was a pit in my stomach that just Ooh. said, you, like, you, should not, you should not take this job. And it was, do you remember all the men who invested in you? Mm. And I think that that question posed that um, my conscious post to, my, to myself was was the knock of the Lord kind of knocking on the door. And uh, he slow, he slowly knocks. 
But then when you get closer to making a big decision, he starts banging on that door. He's like, I have a path for you. I'm like, you, if you're going to wow. take it or you can push me away. Um, it was a very, very scary day. I remember hanging up the phone telling them, I'll, give, uh, I'll get back to you in two weeks. But knowing that I wasn't going to take that job uh, was very, very nerve-wracking. Um, and at that point, I said, I want to be a focused missionary, but hadn't even applied to focus, hadn't even interviewed. Um, Miguel, you realize that there are listeners, you know, we have approximately three million worldwide. There are listeners who've literally in their whole lives, who maybe have worked 30, 40 years, have never made $65,000 a year as their salary. Uh, you know, ha- did that sink in in terms of like how high that is for someone straight out of college? You know, it it, it sank in, but at the same time, I I love my family upbringing. That um, I was taught um, just from my grandparents and my father as well that you know money isn't it's not everything. While it is a big deal, it it isn't everything. And so I I always had that in the back of my mind. You know, it was kind of just a number um, for me. And so it, it, I guess I can say it didn't really sink in. And I think it sank in for my dad. It sank in for my dad, but it didn't yeah, sink I was in say, for me. Speaking as a, as a father, you know, you don't want to hear those words because you're like, son, do you realize you're actually, well, okay, he probably was happy because, you know, you have chosen the very lucrative path of a focused missionary. You know, all that money rolling oh, yes. in. Uh, yeah. And yes. uh, no, I'm being facetious, obviously, but um, so how did that go? How did that conversation go with, with uh, family, maybe specifically with dad? Uh, yes, I called my mom first. Uh, yes, always, you know. my kids do too. Yep. Um, but I told my dad this is what I was thinking about. Um, I wanted his input because obviously I wanted I wanted to make my dad happy. He, uh, my father's a great man. Worked very hard uh, to pay off debt all throughout his life. So he just understood the struggle. And he said, "This is an opportunity to for an opportunity for you to be free." And he had invested in you, obviously as yes. well, quite yes. a bit. Yeah, yes, and you did. really can't complain. I don't mean that. Like I know his business and know you, your family situation, but but I just know based on what you've said, like his working in finance, what he witnessed to you, like working one on one with people, helping people out, right? And even in your basketball, you talked about putting in hard work. I mean, these are all like virtuous qualities that 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 they instilled. Your parents instilled in you, mm-hmm. so they they can't look at you and say you're such a disappointment because you did this, <laughs> right? They're, they're like, you basically all you have to do is say is like you taught me this. Yes, yes, right? exactly. and, that, and that's what I told my dad because he was he was there with me every step of the way. Basketball, he loves basketball. Yeah, and we used to be at the gym till one o'clock in the morning at night. Uh, at one o'clock in the morning, uh, and he would be he would be right there with me shooting, uh, working me out. Uh, in college, you'd be talking to me, like teaching me, teaching me finance things. As I grew up, you know, when I was a kid, I had no idea what he was talking about. But as I got older, like this is my dad teaching me all these things. So when I call him and tell him, there's like, there was a hint of, wait, what are you doing? Everything I taught you, where is it, like, where is this going to? And um, he wasn't familiar with what focus was and what focus really meant uh, to me at that point. He he knew that the missionaries were good. Like focus was a good thing, but just in his in his mind, when the way he grew up, the way he was taught, being financially free and providing for your family was right. was was the better choice. Um, and it's not a bad option. Neither neither of these things were bad options. They were both very good. Uh, very. But you got to be practical, and I can hear the dad mm-hmm. side of me saying, <laughs> "Son, you need to think about what you're doing because this is going to have an effect on you and how you live." And you know because. As parents, we don't want to know that our kids are homeless. 
Yes. Right? We, we don't want to know that they're struggling. We, we want them to be set up so we can, we think we're going to just let go of them and we're not going to worry about them anymore. Mm-hmm. But and even when they're doing well, you still worry about them. Yeah. And, for the, and for the listeners who don't know, Focus Missionaries fundraised 100% of their salary. Um, and that's a scary thing to do. Um, it, it, it very much is. And so telling my, telling my father, yeah, pops, I'm going to go fundraise my entire salary. Like, oh my goodness, you have 65,000 guaranteed. Why are you going to go ask people for money? And it's, 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 um, I understood where he was coming from. I very much understood. So he respected your decision though. He, he told me, he, he told me, I strongly, strongly suggest that you take the Dell job. And at that point, I was thinking to myself, you know what, I'm going to take the Dell job. You know, I don't want wow. to disappoint. I don't want to disappoint my father. He actually called uh, one of my mentors and said, um, Mike, what's going on here? Like, why is he choosing this? Like, why does he want to do this? And um, my mentor told him, your son will never become what he wants to become if he has money. But he becomes a focused missionary. He grows in virtues. Like, he, le- he learns wow. how to become a man because, you know, my father said, you know, my son's good enough. Like, but my mentor told him he could be more. And so my dad called me. I, was, I remember walking home from, from classes, and my dad called me. He said, son, like, I want you to be a focused missionary. Wow. Like, I truly wow. believe in this That's mission. That's the voice of the Lord at work there. Oh, yes. Yes, very much so. I, I stood there. I was like, are you sure? And so I called Dell that day and said, I'm not taking the job. Now, when my dad said, okay, like, when you become a focused missionary, I told him I hadn't applied and I hadn't interviewed. <laughs> and so he didn't, he didn't want to talk to me until I got the, focus, until I got oh, the job man. at Focus. Um, that, that was pretty nerve-wracking. I probably should have had a so, plan. So how, <laughs> how long have you – well, the Lord has a plan. So how, how long have you been a focused missionary now? I've been a focused missionary for approximately eight months. Eight months. Mm-hmm. All right, awesome. He says, looking at his wrist, watch list wrist. Um, <laughs> And, and so you'll be a focused missionary for how long? And So I'll be a focused missionary indefinitely. We're always called the mission. I, awesome. I'm a fir- firm believer in that. Um, you sign as a focused missionary. We make two-year commitments. Uh, we, can, right. we can be sent wherever. Um, right now I'm at Texas Tech University, Reckham Tech. Um, Patrick Mahomes, uh, get, better, get well soon. Yeah. Um, but... You know, it's a two-year commitment, and then after that, you make one-year commitments. But right. like so, I said, but, but here's the here's the, the here's the big question. I remember you telling us about being in uh, you know some brother's office crying, and you had no peace. Right? You weren't at peace. I mean, the question now is the big question for all those listening now is like, are you at? Do you have peace now? Yes, and it, I think it's funny because we we associate peace with you know everything going well. I can tell you at, at Texas Tech, not everything is going perfectly well but, but there's just an peace. interior peace i'm at peace i love what i do you listen to the lord yes sir. that's so beautiful what a great story miguel rodriguez a focused missionary answering the call we don't know where he's going next but the lord's going to take him there with the guidance of our blessed mother thanks for being here and thanks for talking to us thank you let's go let's go <laughs> hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy mary mother, mother of god, god pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now at the hour of our, our death. death amen, amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.